0: In this episode of the Cyberry podcast, I'm happy to introduce the new Cyberry Advisory Board. These board members will help Cyberry to continue creating the best content while giving us crucial areas of the industry to focus on. Our members include Chris Kubeka, the CEO of Hypasec, Vishal Gupta, the global CTO and SVP of Unisys, Ed Amarosa, the founder and CEO of Tag Cyber, and Chris Hodson, the CISO of Tanium. It was great to have all of our advisory board members in one place to talk and take in their accumulative years of experience. Enjoy the episode. See our advisory board speak about the latest trends in cybersecurity today. Make sure to invest in yourself today with our Insider Pro product, which gives you the career path to reach the next step in your cybersecurity journey. Join today on cyberry.it using the discount code PODCAST.
1: Hi, everybody. Uh, Leaf Jackson here uh, with our advisory board. Super excited to have you all here. Um, just re- really excited for today. Um, quick question for all of you. Uh, so just want to have you introduce yourselves and then talk a little bit about, you know, why CyberAry and, you know, why I joined the board, right? So Chris, can we start with you?
2: Uh, Sure. My name is Chris Kubeka, and I'm the CEO of HypoSec in the Netherlands. And uh, I do a lot of uh, stuff and things in cyber warfare and offensive security and advising governments on various uh, strategies and tactics. And uh, I joined the board of uh, Cyber because... uh, From at least my point of view, uh, the way that the digital world is going is uh, we have digital bombs flying at us at the speed of light and we need uh, to have accessible uh, and quick training to be able to thwart uh, a lot of those different threats.
1: Cool. And how did you find us originally?
2: Well, uh, I ended up uh, finding Cybrary through a friend who happened to do a course whose name is Jeff Mann, mm-hmm. and he brought me to a uh, party uh, over in Las Vegas, and I ended up talking to uh, some of the Cybrary folks uh, there. And uh, I got to know Cybrary uh, then, and I thought, well, why not try to join forces?
1: Awesome. Chris, how about you? Hi,
3: hey, Leif. Uh, Chris Hodson, CISO Tanium. Um, I'm just trying to think how I got to know about cyber. I think it was just through some of my employees Mm. and maybe some people in the industry that I was speaking with who wanted access to Chris's point to kind of a real kind of broad set of cybersecurity information, and also making sure that that's multimedia as well, not just videos, but actually being able to back that up with some community conversations and learning from others in the industry. So mm-hmm. I came on board actually as a mentor originally, kind of helping people in the industry. I've worked in end user environments for kind of I think 16 or 17 years as a CISO, an architect, a designer, an engineer. So I've also got real world experience to give to people starting out in cybersecurity. So moved on from there to the advisory board where, you know, we have the opportunity, again, to give our views from the field on sort of shaping the direction for curriculum for CyberE, mm-hmm. giving that feedback.
1: Awesome. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Chris. And, and Vishal.
4: Hi, Leif uh, and team. This is Vishal Gupta. I'm the uh, CTO at Unices. I'm also on the member of the Forbes Technology Council and the Wall Street Journal CIO Council. Uh, I learned about Cy- CyberE more from um, some of my um, teammates. Uh, at Semantic first and uh, I was intrigued that this company was actually local since I'm based in D.C. as well. And uh, then I had the opportunity to get to know Leaf, And I did think, uh, you know, uh, I, th- I was inspired by the mission because, you know, we know in 2021, there'll be three and a half million unfulfilled jobs in uh, cyber. And cyber has two and a half million people on its platform. So I thought if anybody can do it, these guys <laughs> can. And so uh, you know here I am and uh you know hoping to see if we can uh change the balance and uh get a little bit ahead of the challenge that we are facing with E. Awesome. Appreciate it. And
1: Ed.
5: Well great. Um, Ed Amoroso I run a, a company called Tag Cyber. Um the research and advisory. I've been um doing cybersecurity for almost 40 years now. It's like forever. Um and have had a, a lifelong commitment to training and education, mostly in kind of traditional areas. So I guess I represent maybe a a, a demographic that grew up with opinions about learning that might be kind of traditional, mm. perhaps even a bit curmudgeon at times. Where I was always sort of an, a staunch advocate that you know the way God intended learning to be as you, the instructor in front of a room with a blackboard and a piece of chalk and be quiet and listen. But um, I've learned over the years that that can really be improved on. And I know, um, so I'm an example of somebody who, you know, old dog being taught some new tricks. And Leif, when you and I met, um, we did a couple of courses mm-hmm. together. So I kind of came to Cybury as an instructor, frankly, and I loved it. And um, and I've I've grown to really appreciate the community aspect and some of the things that are really quite innovative about the way uh, the company works and the way, you know, these new approaches to learning, uh, you know, progress. So I'm I'm glad that um, I've uh, was at least somewhat flexible enough to to take on some new ap- approaches. So I'm very happy to be uh here helping and it's it's been a fun fun journey.
1: Well, thank you. Ed. I think I think you speak to hey, we're f- we- with the the blackboard kind of thing you're you're using twentieth century tools to solve a 21st century problem <laughs> so here we are right um and we appreciate having you as well um so I mean just so excited so many questions but I think let's just start with like some of the trends that you're seeing in the space and how do you see cyber helping out in those trends so any anyone want
3: to start i I'll, I'll take a I'll, I'll take a few um around ensuring that you don't just have technical training, that you have training around uh, methodologies and process. So something I get asked about fairly regularly is around this whole DevOps culture, and DevSecOps more pertinently. How do you embed security into environments where you have ephemeral workloads, you have continuous integration and continuous delivery pipelines. I remember in my end user days, you would have a security assurance activity. You could run a pen test for let's say five days you'd have the results sent to your organization, you'd have five days to discuss them, and then someone might make a decision on go, no go. The whole end-to-end process is like three months. And those requirements for cybersecurity still exist, protect information, but we now have to do that at breakneck speed. So that's a trend that I'm seeing. You know, when we have infrastructure as code and you can deploy servers in seconds, how do you ensure that you still have that security assurance and that integrity of solutions? So that's probably number one. and I suppose directly related to that is kind of cloud architecture. When I did my MCSE and my CompTIA exams way back when, um, everything was on-prem, everything was physical hardware in a data center, and a challenge I'm seeing now are people trying to shift from that world to learning about micro-segmentation, zero trust, and like I said, ephemeral workloads. So there are a couple, a couple that I'm seeing at the moment. Mm-hmm.
1: And how do you see us playing in, in those spaces?
3: Just keeping the creator network up to date, mm-hmm. keeping content fresh, getting feedback from your students as well over kind of maybe potential gaps and areas that they want you to explore further. But, you know, we're never seeing technology change this quickly, so the curriculum needs to adapt and I think that's why having us here to give our opinions, I hope anyway, is, is gonna be useful. Absolutely.
5: You know, on this topic of speed and agility, I have a a, a personal story that it might might help um, show the difference between the old days. No, back in ni- 1990, um, I started writing a textbook in cybersecurity. And, um, and about two years later, I pitched it to what's now McMillan. It was then Prentice Hall. And I'll never forget the reaction they had um, when I sent this manuscript, a 400-page manuscript on cybersecurity. They said, we already have a book. Dorothy Denning wrote one seven years ago. So why do we need another cybersecurity book? And I said, well, a couple of things have changed, and it took quite a bit of push for them to agree to publish the book, thinking, why would you possibly need a second cybersecurity textbook when we had uh, I mean, just compare that to where we are now, where things change so quickly, the threat changes, technology changes. expectations of teams around your ability to ingest and then get real productive fast, those have all changed. And I just think it's funny to compare it back to uh, a time when we measured progress in decades as opposed to minutes. So, um, so again, I think it's part of the, the, the value of a, uh, uh, of a community such as the one Cybery sets up because it's supportive. It's not easy. It was easier then. You could read a book and it was worth it. Um, because it would stick with you for a while. Now, you really do need the supportive elements of, um, of a network and a community to help you keep up. It's not so easy anymore.
4: Makes sense. So, so maybe just building on that, um, I think as we're all discussing, the world is changing and changing very fast. I think we need a new way to learn, and I do think CyberE has the opportunity to be that platform Because the threats are evolving, you know, we need learning at the speed of threat. And if you think about what that means, um, there are 58% of the organizations got breached, uh, you know, in the last two years. This means, you know, we need uh, not just to bring new people into cybersecurity, we need to also train the existing people that are there into how the threat landscape is changing. As Chris said, you know, cloud will do $500 billion in 2023. A lot of the workload is shifting there. The way you protect a cloud is very different than how you protect on-prem. The way you protect an IoT device, which is out in the field, is very different than what you can do with your computer. You know, how do you even track it? How do you get visibility to it? And so I think uh, the world needs a new learning platform that can be personalizable, that can be nonlinear, that can scale fast, that can scale at the speed of the challenge. And that, I think, is the opportunity that we all have.
2: Yeah, I mean the world has definitely changed. We have gone from an analog world to a digital world and everything is uh, basically an IoT device in one way, shape, or form. You can think about aircraft, you can think about cargo ships, you can think about building management systems. There are elevators that are connected to the Internet. And uh, this has gotten to be so concerning that uh, I was speaking on an event uh, for transparency and control of IoT devices at the United Nations IGF in November and presenting some of those uh, threats and risks. Now, how do you address that if uh, you are not able to take the newest and greatest training that is matched up with some of those threats? It's moving so fast, continuous in cybersecurity. And how do you also do that if you would have to go to a more traditional uh training, place, and travel, and get things approved for travel, and miss out work, miss out on your family. Uh, I see Cybrary as very beneficial because you can take short, bite-sized exactly what you need, pick and pull at the moment that you need it, anytime and anywhere, just like the digital world is now, because of cloud, uh, become from a very, very big analog world to a very, very small digital world, and data is everywhere and you need it now. So I, I see a lot of benefits in the bottom, uh, the model of Cybrary because of that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, thanks very much. And, you know, building on that, like, what do you think the world looks like if we're successful, right, in the next, I don't know, 10 years or so?
3: I think Ed was summing it up well when he talked about um, kind of pace of change in books, you know if you're successful and information is consumed in a bite-sized model then that's the way that people will Receive that. I think we're already seeing that outside of the cyber world. So, I mean, I subscribe to a service called Blinkist. Mm -hmm. So instead of reading a book cover to cover that might be 700 pages, there's a 15-minute version of it to get the salient points. Now, you might miss some of the detail, and the detail might be relevant for a particular role or maybe even personal enjoyment, but you're still getting the information you need to do your job. Now, as Chris was saying about technology being so vast and there being so many different connected devices and different sets of technology... You know, you don't have the luxury or ways of having a 700-page book that you can go through to cover to cover. You need to find an index. You need to be able to go somewhere, get what you need when you need it. And I think if Cyber is successful, that will be the de facto way of, of learning.
5: You know, you can kind of talk about things that won't change and things that will. Like, um, <clears throat> like here's what won't change. And the irony is I'm going to describe things that that are changing. That's what won't change. But i um, Threat, for example, yeah. it's going to continue to progress. Don't don't even think that's going to slow down. Sure. In fact, it probably accelerates. Um, te- technology change that's that's going to continue to progress. You just have to assume that you know some something you learned now is likely to be obsolete in some short period of time. So, so that is a given. And then bi- the business landscape continues to change. You look; at, it's fun to look at the. Like the Fortune 100 30 years ago, and and you see a lot of companies go, wow, they went out of business, and wow, they, it's a a very different profile. So as as a as a career learner, you have to start with this assumption that those things will continue to change. But here's some things that won't change, I, or or you know things that I I think in a sense are 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 important for a human being. I don't think. Your ability to ingest information and to learn as a human being, um, at some point, will like you're going to hit a hit a wall. Like I, I, think you can read so much, you can ingest so much. I don't, I don't think you could do any more than young people do now online, right? I mean, you look at the the kinds of things that young people are being ex, uh, exposed to on the internet. I, I think your brain will explode if it's any any more. So. So I do think at some point, you know, your question, where, where is this all going? I think at some point you have to level out and, and there has to be a, a common kind of approach to learning that's not this future way of doing it. It becomes the accepted way, well, subject to the things that changed before. And I think these, these themes that we talk about, community, network, online, supportive, those sound like the right words to me. So I think if you get to the point where that's normal as opposed to, wow, let me tell you about this innovative thing yeah. we do with community and network, I think that has to be the norm. Again, again in cybersecurity, we have to assume threat, business, technology, those things are going to be changing. Those, those are definitely, you have to assume that. But maybe we can get to a point where you match up community network support with, with the human being's ability to learn. And that becomes a new norm. I hope we can get to that. I know there's a lot of complex themes that are in there, but um, it's important because the vast majority of people right now learn in a school setting yeah. that's still pretty traditional. And then you go, look, I'm, I'm, I'm guilty. I teach in two universities. It's still pretty traditional. I still stand on a blackboard and I lecture. Um, is that optimal? I think probably not. And, and I think that, if anything, getting to the point where it's assumed... That community means learning, and it's assumed that you don't just zero in on something on your own and learn without a network of supportive people. And it's and, and, and we know the technology and people, all those things go together. That'd be a nice future. I hope we can get to that point. We're definitely not there today, you know, sort of globally. I, I think Cyber gives a little peek into what it can look like. But I, I hope we get to that norm because then that, that Probably makes us all smarter, it makes it a little easier to ingest and learn, so I hope that's where we go
4: that's a great one, and it's hard to top that so i'll just uh, i'll just maybe give some brief thoughts. I think you know in my mind it's not if and w- but it's when so when cyber is successful, not if cyber is successful, what I think that success will look like are uh, maybe three parameters one uh, you know, we're headed to this world of not one time, but rather a lifelong learning. And and my hope is for the world of cyber, uh, cyber is going to be able to make that lifelong learning vision happen for the people who are interested in working in this field. Uh, the second piece, which I thought was very eloquently mentioned by Ed, was, you know, we don't need, we already have 100 times more content than before. And if all cyber did was multiply that by another hundred times, I that would that's not what's useful. What's useful is to actually be able to very dynamically assess what's truly needed and be able to present that in a compelling, digestible way. So we can more intelligently go after this threat landscape instead of everybody watching, you know, reading 500 books of 800 pages each or watching, you know, a million hours of video. So none of those two approaches will work, right? So it's that dynamic, consumable, interactive content uh, that will work. And I would say the third part of it, which I think as cyber becomes useful is, um, I do think cyber is key to our digital future. Uh, right now, cyber is slowing the digital future because we worry about anything becoming digital and and what the impact will be. The IoT hasn't fully taken off because of the issues with cyber. The cloud gets people are afraid to dot cloud because of the issue with cyber. And I think as cyber becomes successful and as cyber becomes just like we have internet access, it's there. We don't think about it. So my hope is uh, we're ultimately able to make cyber as, a, as just another thing that we have to just bake in as we create a product and offering. And uh, the, the learning that cyber provides is able to enable that vision.
1: I appreciate that. Um, appreciate all the advice and support that you give us. Um, just for our audience, any, any concluding thoughts?
5: I'll, I'll offer one quickly. I think that the idea that lifelong learning is the new approach is kind of cool, yeah. right? Because we all grew up with this idea that, you know, when did you go to school? Oh, I went to such and such, and I graduated at such and such. And then it's like, I'm done. I don't have to do that anymore. I think the idea that maybe... It never ends is really cool. I love that idea of, you know, instead of this thing you learn and then you live. It, it, uh, that, that's a really cool concept and something that um, I would, I'd recommend that you guys continue to push. I think it's good for everyone.
1: Yep, absolutely.
2: Yeah, the world is a very dynamic place. And one of the things that I look for when I hire people and hire teams and set up teams for like really large incident management is uh, are they continually learning? Do they have a passion for it? Uh, What are they doing uh, hands-on to keep that going? And Syberry also uh, provides hands-on learning experiences as well so you can try things out in a safe environment. Then you have the support of the compute the community and mentors as well. So if you have any questions to ask, uh, you can go ahead and ask directly uh, to those uh, individuals, those content uh, community creators. Mm-hmm. So I, I really enjoy that because uh, when I need people today, I need people with today's skills. And that's one of the reasons why I like Cyberry so much.
3: Just a, a final point for me, following on from, from Chris's point there, I think, cybersecurity for far too long has had this obsession with specializing very early on in your career i think it's the opposite of let's say the medical profession where you go and try various different areas and then you specialize as i don't know an anesthetist or something in cyber we seem very quick to say that someone is like i don't know an appsec engineer or they work in cryptography and i think what cyber gives people is that opportunity to be curious to go out and try various different types of content because i've seen too many good people leave the profession because they just got pigeonholed into an area far too early
4: so I think I would just add saying, you know, if we can enable for the individuals to be the lifelong learners, for the companies to be, you know, fearless digital natives where they can ultimately solve their, uh, their cyber talent challenge that they've had forever, and then for creators of new ideas, uh, enable cyber to be an accelerator and not an inhibitor, which is what has become. Uh, then I think that's the vision. I think that's the opportunity that we have in front of us. And I think that's what
1: CyBerry can truly help enable. Wonderful. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for your advice and support. And, and I've learned so much from all of you. So I, I appreciate that. Thanks, Leif. Sure. So thanks, thanks so much.
0: Thanks. Hey, this is Thor. Thanks for listening to the CyBerry podcast. And make sure to check back next Wednesday for our newest episode.